Welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. Here we will deepen your understanding of human and spiritual integration so you can live the life of peace and fulfillment God has for you. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez. I hold a degree in theology and I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor and certified trauma therapist. Join me weekly for practical applications of the spiritual life. No part of this audio is to be used as mental health treatment or clinical advice. Please see a licensed mental health professional for personal consultation. Hi, and welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez, together with my co-host, Father David Tickerhoof, T-O-R. Thank you for joining us. Um, Today's topic is confession and... I just, I'm really going to take the opportunity, take advantage of the great opportunity I have of having Father David as a, a co-host and um, to be able to really kind of maybe like interview him on the topic of confession, because I think, um, I know myself, I've experienced the grace of confession and yet at the same time, um, the real at different points in my life, um, real fear and almost being paralyzed about um, fear of going to confession and, and yet under having a greater understanding of it now and wishing that I'd had a greater understanding at the time and, and wanting that for other people. So Father David, um, glad you're, you're here to talk about this. Glad you're, glad you're a priest. I'm always glad you're a priest, but it's really particularly helpful today on this topic. So is is there, what would you want people to know? You know, knowing that um, obviously you're a human being and so you've gone to confession too. <laughs> That's something that I think we as laity tend to forget that priests go to confession too. And they have that same experience of, of revealing our less glorious moments to another human being. But knowing that people experience oftentimes a lot of embarrassment about revealing things they have great shame about, um, what would you want the person to know who's listening to this podcast right now? Well, first of all, uh, before we get into the specific elements of the human personality and relationship within the confines of the confession itself, what is the confession and and what what is what is it that's so unique about it? And and it's a beautiful gift of healing. Of of a, it's an opportunity to receive the mercy, forgiveness through of of God through Jesus in His forgiveness and His healing that brings about an immediate change. Even before we celebrate the sacrament, which is a special encounter for healing and mercy within the confines of the church, we even before that we should, as soon as we recognize we've done something that is shameful, or that we feel guilty, or that something has happened to us that made us feel really negative, we immediately because we have a relationship with God that's ongoing through our baptism and the continual presence of our life, living our life in God and in, in the divine indwelling of Father, Son, and Spirit, we have immediate access to healing and forgiveness right away before we even go to confession. That being said, 
the the sacrament itself has a bigger dimension to it because we are in relationship, in our threefold relationship of uh, being connected to ourself. First of all, that's the reason why we seek immediate rep- repentance and forgiveness. And in the second relationship is the receiving the power and the life and the grace of Jesus' death and resurrection to us in, in this situation. And then we're able to forgive others and reach out to others in forgiveness when that's necessary as well. Then, then what happens is we recognize that we're in relationships, and these relationships are, remake up the, the community of who we are, and so we we need to give attention to all of them. So the sacrament, is, in addition to personal forgiveness and healing and transformation, uh, the sacrament itself opens up the door for us to to reach out and be connected in a special way in mercy with ourselves and with others and the damage that we have done by our sinfulness because we're in relationship and when we sin we sin not just against ourselves but most frequently against others that we're at the same time we're, we're reaching out to others and and seeking amends seeking healing seeking forgiveness and a positive relationship in uh, the relationship we have with others we bring mercy and compassion to others as well as being first of all open to the mercy and compassion of the lord and then receiving from jesus's death and resurrection the gift of his healing mercy forgiveness mercy and compassion well that all sounds that all sounds great but what if somebody's standing outside the confessional shaking in their boots and they're thinking father david is gonna think i'm the biggest schmuck in the world if i go in and tell him i did this thing that i'm i'm so horrified at myself I'm not even going to be able to look at him. He's going to think I'm horrible. His jaw's probably going to drop and hit the floor, and I'm going to be mortified. You know, the fact is, in in my youth when I was young, uh, you know, I, I had a hard time quoting a confession. I mean, I still do. I still, when, whenever I sin, and I feel <clears throat> it's a hard time because we have to we have to deal with our shame, we have to recognize our guilt, we have to give some assessment to what objectively and subjectively was wrong in the situations, and what do I need to do to right it? And I can remember when uh, we had an old Irish monsignor as our pastor when I was a boy, and then we started confession after you, you you had confession and communion when you were about six or seven years old, and then you were, say, eight or nine or ten, and, you know, you're starting to learn to be pretty good at sinning by that time, you know. And so I always, I always, uh, I've always had a, a, a certain fearfulness and apprehension about going to confession, and the, even when, the, when there wasn't anything seriously there, but even more so when there was something. But I can remember going in when I was about eight years old, and I went to confession, and I said, I was wondering, I think, does he know me? Is he going to know me? Is he holding these things against me? Does he remember what I told him three months ago or the things I did that I'm just really ashamed of? Does he know all this thing? And he would, he would listen for a while, wouldn't say anything, and then he'd say, oh, okay now. He would say, May, make a good act of contrition, Dave, and uh, you, I will give you absolution. And I'm thinking, he knows me. He knows who I am, so it's it's that kind of uh, 
a thing where I used to laugh at it, you know, to think the fact that, you know, because that's a big thing. If we're in a community of faithful and if we're really well known and we have responsibility and we have certain obligations and that, and when we fail and we do things, of course, we're going to say, does, does, does the priest remember these things? Or do people, in a sense, how do I handle this? Because it's difficult when in relating in relationships, particularly mercy and compassion in with relationships with one another. So how is that for you as a priest when somebody comes in and reveals something they that that they did that maybe was, you know, was really was wrong? right is do you as a human being sit there and think man this person's horrible i don't even want to be in the same room with them no i think the the, the training of uh, celebrating the sacrament of, of reconciliation that it should be what you want to do is you want to put the person at ease and you want to without in any way saying their sins are not serious or or you want to say, you know, we're all human. We all make mistakes. Now, this is an opportunity for you to just really get things off your chest. and But know that the Lord's merciful and he's not holding it against you. And you should uh, not be holding it against yourself and, and uh, walking out of here where you haven't forgiven yourself. That Self-forgiveness is a part of the confessional celebration and the relationship with the priest. And so that's the attitude. You, you provide a context of mercy. The priest is not the judge. The priest is the pastor. The priest is responsible for getting the sacrament to happen. He's not responsible for making a judgment of the worth or the goodness of, or the evilness of this person. God is the judge. God is the forgiver. God is the healer. And the priest always needs to keep an attitude of humility and an attitude of encouragement, and an attitude of helping people get over their fears and their hesitations. Because sometimes they'll tell you, oh, I was uh, having a hard time coming here. I, uh, this, this has been going on in my life for a year and a year and a half, and I can't seem to do anything, and I'm afraid because I'm well-known in the parish or something. And all that stuff, the priest should be able to just gently help you set that all aside and open to the flow of the mercy, the divine mercy of God coming in and touching and forgiving and bringing reconciliation and bringing healing in in your life. And that's, that's the kind of attitude. And any priests that really, in a sense, don't do that are really, in a sense, real sense, violating the principles of what who they are as a merciful minister and not as a judge and being first of all concerned with the mind and the heart of Christ for this particular individual. That's really good. I like that. And that you're ministering the sacrament. You're not as we, we think of, oh I'm gonna go to this pre you know, especially, you know, for used to having options of who to go to. I'm going to go to this priest or that priest, but we're really not. They're just the, they're the minister of the sacrament instead of the person we're confessing to, right? That that's all obviously the Lord. Can you say a little bit about, um, a little bit about the seal of confession? Because maybe there are people thinking like, uh, is he going to tell anybody if I, if I share this with him? Yeah. The seal of confession is really absolute. The priest, under 
any condition is not able to reveal what is confessed in, in, in confessional, regardless of the degree of seriousness. And like, like for, if it's a murder or something like that, the priest, the first of all, the priest asks permission to even, if there's any other time he needs to bring that up, he has to ask the person's permission. You can't say anything to that person itself outside the confession about what went on in the confession. He has, he has to get permission from that person or he's breaking the seal. And breaking the seal is a very serious thing. So he's, and if say that I rob a bank or something, you know, and uh, I've got all this money and everything else, and and I'm I'm wondering, you know, uh, when I'm going to go to confession because I I have to. This is a sin. I know it is. I go in confession and I rob the bank, and and the priest can say, okay, he recognizes the social and relational nature of sin, so he's going to give you good advice about what you should do. And he's saying, well, look, you know, you know, you shouldn't have done that. You really need to go down and talk to uh, someone uh, in the police station and you really, really need to confess to this. I would recommend that you do that. But I cannot force you to do that. I cannot myself go down and say to the police, guess who robbed the bank? You know, I, I would be breaking the seal. And when somebody breaks the seal, many times... They're taken out of the arena of hearing confessions for people. But it's a rare thing. And, and if there's any kind of takeover of a country and they're trying to get information from people, under no conditions does a priest have permission to bring up anything that went on in confession. Even with the person, I can I can remember down in, uh, in, uh, in another state that I was in, I was hearing a confession, and the person basically was going through uh, a lot of difficult things in their past and everything else, and, and, uh, and, and we're hearing voices, you know, actually hearing voices. And I said to myself, I'm sitting there, nobody's around, there's nobody around. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this person has gone through so much, you know, and hearing voices, I said, I I don't know. I can I can what is what am I going to do and I what went through my mind was the old ritual. And in the old ritual there's a prayer of deliverance or cleansing at the end of it. And I th I thought, well, I'll just pray that. So I asked the person's permission after the confession, can I pray this prayer of uh cleansing for you that's in the old ritual that when we would hear confession. The person said, "Oh yeah, that's that's fine. That's okay." And, you know, I prayed, I just said, in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Son of God who died for our sins, I take authority over these voices. If they are coming from evil spirits, I command them to go. Just, that's it. And I gave her absolution. And now I can never bring that up to her again. Never can even talk about it again unless I get her permission. So, two days later, the person called up and said, guess what? And I'm thinking... Mm, what's going on here? She, I said, "Well, what?" She, she, said, the voices are gone. She had her, She was in her fifties, and she was hearing voices for since she was sixteen years old. And then her psychiatrist, who she was under psychiatric care, came and asked me, and I said, "I can, I have no authority to talk to you about her her situation at all." And she said, I have permission from her as her psychiatrist. She gave me permission. It's right here that she, I can talk to you about this. So then I could share what, what happened to it. 
but the, the sacrament of, of a penance is a healing sacrament. It's a cleansing sacrament. It, you, may, you may not be reconciled, reconciled with somebody uh, down the line that abused you terribly or stole your bicycle or whatever happened. You may never get reconciled with them because that's impossible. But you can forgive so that you have the spiritual freedom. And you're really free from that. And you've really been able to forgive. And the the sacrament of penance is a healing sacrament. It's a sacrament of forgiveness. It's a sacrament of reconciliation. And, and basically, that seal is so sacred that under no circumstances can a priest reveal what went on in confession. I think that's, um, to me, that really speaks to how you use the word absolute, how absolute it is if you can't even bring the confession up to the person themselves, I think that without their permission, I think that's very striking. It's not just, I can't go tell somebody else, Hey, do you know what Margaret did? But, but you can't even <laughs> like bring it to me. So that's like, that's, that's kind of striking. Right. Brings a point home. So what about, um, what about when you see the person again? Is that the first thing that flashes through, through their through your mind is what this person has done, what they brought up to you in confession? One of the things that's encouraged when we were trained in the seminary is when the, you have a confession with the person and you give the absolution, the God is the one that gives the forgiveness and, you know, it's over, you know, in, in, in a sense, there's, I, I believe there's a, a divine, quote, divine grace of forgetfulness. And this happens to me all the time. <clears throat> Outside the confession, when I see people that have gone to confession, I don't even think about or remember what they talked about in confession. I relate to them in a whole different mode. It's it's not something you carry around and go, oh, there he is again. He's the one that's cheating on his wife. No, no, no. You did, that doesn't happen. I think it's an automatically give grace that's given as part of the character of the sacrament. You know, sacraments have characters. The character of penance, that there is a, a grace of divine forgiveness, forgetfulness, for divine forgetfulness. You just don't even, it's not even an issue, even if you know the person. Yeah, I mean, I that became a lot easier for me to believe after I started doing counseling after I started being a therapist because here's here's an experience and obviously therapy sessions are not sacraments and yet you know still the Lord gives us the grace of revocation you know and I remember sitting in a doctor's office and I was in the waiting room I was the only person in the waiting room with this other person and um and it was, it was just an acquaintance you know essentially as as far as I had it in my mind, you know, as far as it registered. <clears throat> and I walked in, uh, sat down in the waiting room, just me and this other person. And I kind of, you know, smiled and nodded and, and she did too. And then she kind of leaned, you know, she kind of looked around and, uh, see if anybody was around and, and she kind of leaned forward and she whispered, you know, uh, or at least said in a low voice, she said, I'm doing really well. And I said, Oh good, me too. And, and I just, I thought, wow, it's a really curious greeting like usually you know you say how are you doing you know or or whatever and I just kept I went back to you know reading my magazine or or checking my phone or whatever I was doing I was in the waiting room with with this person for another 
20 minutes before I was put in a room, I was still kind of in my mind going, that's such a strange thing to say to somebody. I was in my car halfway home before I realized, oh my gosh, I treated that person. I worked with that. They worked with me for a, during a week of intensive. I was their therapist for a week of intensive. That's why she was saying that, but, but it did not even occur to, I don't, I don't walk, you know, around going, oh, I treated that person. Oh, that's, that person was a client. Oh, this is what their history was, you know. It was just, she was another person, you know. She was just a human being who I recognized. Of course, I recognized her, but not in, not even the fact that she was a, had been a client did that come to mind. So if I experienced that in a situation that's not a sacrament, that became really to me like oh wait this must be what when priests talk about they you know see the penitent and don't think oh you know of their their laundry list of sins you know if I'm not even recognizing people as clients so so divine forgetfulness for you maybe just forgetfulness for me but at any rate it works you know so um what's it like to be able to, because that's not something that um, that anybody else other than priests or bishops or uh, obviously the ordained get to um, to ex- to experience is ministering forgiveness. That must be that must be a pretty special experience, especially thinking of people when it's been a long time since somebody's gone to confession. Or what's that like? Well, I think frequently a priest that's hearing confession is going to experience tremendous change in another person's life. That objectively speaking, when they can do their confession and you minister to them, the relationship between the Lord and that person is so special and so beautiful. And the person will even say something like, "Oh my, oh my, so I just feel so good. I just feel so." You know that I just needed that. I should have been here years ago. And and you realize the magnitude of the mystery and the magnificence of the healing power of reconciliation, which is another name for confession, that is happened. And you your heart is warmed in in gratitude of what has happened in a wonderful way in that person's life. Yeah, yeah I, would imagine, I would imagine that would be a tremendous spot to be in, to be able to minister that. So, Well, thank you for this discussion today, Father David. And we just, um, you know, again, Father David, and I just really want to encourage you, if you're in the spot of needing to go to confession, um, just know that it's the Lord who who ministers the grace to you. He does it through the priest, but that's really the Lord that you're meeting in the sacrament. And, um, and we thank you for joining us. And again, Father David and I have books on Amazon. His are his is evangelizing Catholic culture. Mine are more than words: the freedom to thrive after trauma and fearless abundant life through infinite love. We have um, parish healing mission coming up out in Palm- Palmyra, Pennsylvania, in the middle of November. If you're looking for a parish healing mission in um, your parish or diocese, feel free to reach out. Our website is sacredhearthealingministries.com and I'm doing coaching as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, so look for the myriad ways that you can connect with us on the website sacredhearthealingministries.com. Thank you for joining us today 
as always, and may the Lord give you peace. Thank you for joining me for today's show. Please subscribe and share and check us out on wholenessandholiness.com. Follow and like us on social media. And to learn more about Sacred Heart Healing Ministries, please go to sacredhearthealingministries.com.